Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. us carry a lot of weight because of things that have happened to us, right? We, we still hold on to those things. Now, I want you to know, in no way, in anything that I say today, trivializes or undermines anything that you've been through, okay? Everybody understand that? I, am, I would never, ever do that because people have gone through legitimately difficult things. Amen? Everybody understand that, right? So in no way am I knocking that. In no way am I belittling that. We want to respect that. However, however, at some point as a believer, we have to move on. Amen? Now, when I say move on, I don't mean act like nothing's happened, but we have to show the victory that God has given us. Amen? It doesn't mean we forgot what happens. Is that mean we show that as an example of overcoming grace. Amen? We are overcomers, are we not? I'm going to say that again. We are overcomers, are we not? We are overcomers, are we not? And if we're overcomers, that means whatever's happened in the past is in the past. Amen? Whatever has happened in the former is in the former. Those things that have happened to me have made me the man that I am today. Praise God. They didn't define me. And, I, and what happens sometimes is we let the things that have happened to us define us instead of God defining us. Sounds like we're having some technical issues. Is, it my, is my mic? Okay. I'm going to turn it off and go to another mic. This is how you know the devil doesn't want something to be talked about. Amen? Amen. So, we're going to go forward. The problem is, is even though we define ourselves as Christians, right? We, we, all, we all admit, we all say that we're believers in Christ, right? But Christ represents healing, right? Christ represents restoration, right? Christ represents total fulfillment of God's restoration in us. So if that's true, then why do we hang on to the past? If that's true, why does we why do we hang on to things and we let that define who we are in the way that we act, in the way that we talk, in the way that we do, rather proclaiming, yes, this happened to me, but it does not define me. As a matter of fact, it made me closer to God. Amen? I count all those things as loss so that I might attain Him. Amen? And brothers and sisters, we cannot let those things that happen to us keep us from God. We've got to have those things realizing that God took us through it so that we may overcome and show others it is possible to overcome. Amen? You are a testimony if you want to be. You are a testimony 
of what God can do in somebody. Amen? You are a testimony of what God can do in someone knowing that, yes, the devil tried to kill you. Yes, the devil tried to take you out. But he took his best shot at you, and guess what? You're still standing. You are still standing, amen? See, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, there was this thing that, that all the kids had, and I kind of wanted. It was, uh, it was like a this tall, and, 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 and you punched it, and it had a weighted bottom to it. And you punched it, and it fell over, but it bounced back up again. You guys remember that? You punched it, and it bounced back up again, and sometimes it came up with such velocity that it would knock me backwards because it punched me back, amen? And I want to tell you this morning, brothers and sisters, we are like that. The devil may try to punch you down, but God is ready to bring you back up again, amen? God is ready to do something in your life if, if you're ready to say, I don't let the past define who I am. Now listen, that doesn't mean we don't forget the past. That doesn't mean that we don't go through stuff. But I'm ready to let God do what he's going to do in my life. Amen? Go with me to Ruth chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. And this is the only scripture that I'm going to share with you on the screen. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they had come to Bethlehem that of all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi, verse 20, but she said to them, do not call me Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. Is it funny how we blame God when things go wrong in our lives? We don't give him credit when things go right, do we? We call it luck, don't we? Well, I had some good luck today. This went right in my life. We don't give God credit when things go right, but when things go bad, man, we sure like to blame God, don't we? And then he says, she says this, verse 22, I went out full, and the Lord has brought me home again empty. And I'm going to explain what this means in just a moment. Why do you call me Naomi, since the Lord has testified against me, and the Almighty has afflicted me? And that's the attitude of a lot of people today. They feel like God has let them down. They feel like God is actually fighting against them. They feel like God is personally attacking them. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, life is going to happen to you. Amen? The Bible says that God reigns on the just and the unjust. You are going to go through things. I'm tired of preachers getting up in the pulpit and saying, if you give your life to Jesus, everything is perfect. That's not even scriptural. We're going to go through problems. We're going to go through trials. Amen? Remember what John, Jesus said to John? Satan has prayed that you would be sifted as we, but I have prayed for you. He never said he wouldn't go through stuff. He would pray that he would stay through it. Amen? Because when you go through something and you maintain the course and you keep on the path, it is a testimony to others that, yes, somebody can make it. Amen? Do you realize that you're a living, walking, breathing testimony? You are a living, walking, breathing testimony. The question is, is what is your testimony? Amen? Now, Naomi, she had a bitter testimony. Now, let me give you some background on this. The book of Ruth was, was 
time, right into the time of the judges. So you read the book of Judges. It was right around that time. At that moment, Israel had a problem following God because, as a matter of fact, in Judges it says everybody did what seemed right in their own eyes. Everybody did what they wanted to do. If it seemed right, then that's what they did. And so this book is written right about that time. And, and what happened is because there was so much invasion of Israel because Israel wasn't following God, this, this husband, I believe his name was Elimelech, he moved his family to Moab. Now, Moab was not even, he was not even a Christian nation. Well, I shouldn't say Christian. It wasn't a Jewish nation. It was the enemy. Moabites were always fighting. They were always fighting against the Israelites. But what happens is because there were some hard times, because there were some things that they were going through, the husband said, we're not going to stay here anymore. We're going to go live with the Moabites. The Moabites worshipped other gods. They worshipped gods that Israel didn't worship. And that happens in the church today. If somebody gets frustrated, somebody gets frustrated of something that happens in church, and they go out and they don't want to deal with it anymore, and they go out and live in the world. And you know what in the world represents? If you go out into the world, you're going to experience death. I don't know why people leave the church for the world, but they do. They think the world is somehow better, but it's not better. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about how Elimelech, when they moved to Moab, Elimelech died shortly thereafter. Because when you move outside of God's protection, when you move outside of God's will, you're not going to make it. Now, do I necessarily mean die physically? Not necessarily, but what I mean is you die spiritually, brothers and sisters. You, when you get away from God, when you remove yourself away from God's people, amen? When you remove yourself away from God's people, you're going to die spiritually. That's why fellowship is so important, amen? I love the fact that you're here Sunday morning. I love that. But man, I tell you what, I want to encourage you. Come back Sunday night when we're praying for people. Come on Wednesday night when we're teaching discipleship. People ask me, why don't I teach discipleship on Sunday morning? It's because we do it on Wednesday night. That's what we do. We need the fellowship, amen? We need that time together. But Elimelech didn't understand this. We moved his family to Moab. And while he was there, his, his sons married Moabite women. Now that went against the law. They weren't supposed to do that, but they did it. In a short amount of time, there's his, uh, the sons died too. So it was just Naomi and her daughters-in-law, both of which were not Jewish. They were Moabites. They were Canaanites. They were not people who served God. Yet, Ruth stood up and said, I'm going to follow you back. Because she said, you don't have to follow me anymore. You don't have to stay with me. You can just stay here. You can go back to where you were. You can go back and live in your country. But not Ruth. She says, I want to stay with you. She says this, and I'm not going to have it up on the screen, so just hear me. She says, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you. Or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And whatever you lodge, I will lodge. Now my people, your people shall be my people. And your God, my God. Now, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that this non-Jewish woman who was not raised with God suddenly turned to God and made a commitment? See, I'm telling you, you are a testimony to someone and she recognized that Naomi needed some help. She recognized that she loved her mother-in-law. She loved this person. And she says, where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death parts you and me. Man, what a testimony. 
What a testimony. She says, I want to be with you. Don't we need that in our lives? Somebody who will say, I'm going to be with you no matter what. I'm not going to turn on you. I'm not going to ignore you. I'm not going to forget about you. Don't we need that in our lives? I mean, we can say that Jesus is that, but it's good to have somebody that you know is in your corner, doesn't it? It's good to know that you know somebody is there for your brothers and churches or brothers and sisters. That's what a church is supposed to be, amen? That's what a church is supposed to be. Now, let me, let me go on a rant here for a second, okay? I'm tired of churches being about numbers. Nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to have the largest church, amen? Nowhere in the Bible does it say you're, you're spiritual if you have over 3,000 people. It doesn't say that. You know what church is supposed to be? Church is supposed to be about fellowship, Amen? where people get together who are like-minded, who worship God, amen? We need to come together and not let anybody feel judged or ostracized the minute people walk in the door. You guys do a great job on this. The minute people walk in the door, we let them know, hey, we love you. We're glad that you're here. And the first thing they say, well, I'm not perfect. Well, guess what? We're not perfect either, amen? Welcome to an imperfect church with a very imperfect pastor. Does that mean I'm going off sinning and doing all those things? No, it doesn't. It just means that I'm not perfect, right? But what it means is that we love each other and we support each other. And wherever you go, I'm going to go. And wherever I go, you're going to go, amen? Because we care about each other, amen? People are not going to come to church because we have a great music program. They're not going to come to church because I'm a great pastor or a great speaker or we have these programs. Listen, programs have nothing to do with it. What matters is that we show the one thing the churches don't show anymore, and that's the love of God. Amen? We show the love of God towards each other. And even if you go out and you mess up, you can know you can go back to church and we'll welcome you with open arms. Amen? We will put our arms around you and say, it's okay. Okay. It's okay. I would rather my son come home to me than be afraid to come home to me. We have too many Christians who are afraid to go back to church because they've messed up. They're afraid to go back to church. And I'm going to tell you, you have no reason to fear coming back to church here. You have no reason because we're going to love on you. We're going to put our arms around you. And if somebody gives you a dirty look, you let me know. We'll go give them a dirty look, okay? We don't operate like that. We welcome everybody in the house of God. It doesn't mean we justify or excuse the sin. We call sin what it is, amen? We say, hey, you messed up. But man, how, do, how would we want people to treat us, Right? How would we want people to treat us when we've done something wrong or we fell or we were sad? We would want them to love on us, right? And that's what Ruth is doing here is she's saying, look, I know you're upset. I'm upset. I lost my husband. You lost your sons. You lost your husband. But guess what? We're going to do this together, amen? We're going to walk this path together. I'm, wherever you go, I'm going to go with you. Now, can you imagine that? This woman who had never known God. Praise God. This woman who had never known God and grew up in a pagan household, even though Naomi was bitter, she saw enough of God in Naomi's life to say, I want to be with that. I, w I, I want that. Maybe, maybe not what she's exhibiting right now, but I want, I want that in my life. 
I, that's something that's been missing for me, amen? And that's why Ruth said, it doesn't matter where you're going to go. I'm going to be right there with you, amen? And I want you to know, some of you worry about your kids. You worry about your grandkids. When are they coming back to church? I want to tell you right now that if you keep showing Jesus, if you keep showing Jesus, amen, if you keep showing your love for God and your love for this church and your love for his people, I want to promise you something. They're going to come back to church. They're going to wake up one day and say, I need that, amen. I need that. I want that in my life. And you know what this church is going to do? When they want something, This really frustrates me. Too many people are saying, if I walked in the church, the church would cave in on me out of, because I'm such a horrible person. That's the lie the enemy has put out there. It's a lie. I've never seen a building come down on top of somebody, all right? I've never seen that. People need to know that they can come to church and they're not going to be judged. They're going to be embraced. They're going to be loved. They can come in and feel the power and the grace of Jesus Christ, amen? And we need to reach out to this world. We need to love on this world. Praise God. Okay, my rant's over. Now we move on. But Naomi, Naomi, she was dealing with some issues. She had suffered some tragedy. Her husband died. See, some of you know what that's like, your husband dying. But see, it was a little bit more back in those days because in those days, the women were not allowed to work. They were not allowed to do things. It was very restricted. And so when her husband died and her sons died, she had no way of taking care of herself. It was more than just the loss of companionship. It was the loss of income. It was the loss of everything. She had no way to take care of herself. And now this young girl, Ruth, joins to her. And so when she came back, and we go back to that scripture in the beginning, she says, I don't want you to call me Naomi. And her, word, her name literally means pleasant. Her, that's what her name means. I don't want you to call me Naomi. I want you to call me Mara. So what she did is she now defined herself by the things that have happened to her. The word Mara, I want you to hear me, okay? That word Mara means bitter. Bitter. The word Mara means bitter. How many people in the house of God today are bitter? Come on now. How many people in the house of God are bitter today? They've taken things from their lives and they're bitter, they're angry, they blame God. They blame God or they blame somebody else and they're bitter, they're angry. But the thing is, Ma or Naomi changed her name. God didn't change her name. Naomi changed her name. She says, this one is what I want you to know by because the people when she came back to Israel, they were happy to see her. They were welcome here back. And they say, Naomi, Naomi says, no, no, no. Don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. Man, don't we put off that vibe sometimes? Don't we, don't we, Sometimes people are trying to approach us and, and we give that look and we complain about our lives and we talk about how awful our lives are and the things that have happened to us, the things that we've gone through, the things that we've suffered, and we say, all is lost, all is lost, and we show a bitterness about us. Brothers and sisters, if you're in Jesus, there is no bitterness. It doesn't mean that things don't happen to you, amen? It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through things. 
But those things were not meant to destroy you. It was meant for you to overcome. We don't have the right to change our name. That is not who we are. But she changed her name. She says, I am bitter. See, I grew up in the church. I can remember so many people saying, I'm going to give my testimony. You ever heard these before? It's actually not a testimony. It's a depressed testimony. They say, they get up and they say, oh, the devil's against me. I got this happening to me and I got this happening to me. Y'all pray for me. That's not a testimony. That's a depressed testimony. Man, when we get up, no matter what we're going through, no matter what trial we're going through, no matter what we've gone through, our words should be, even if it's only this, I am saved, I am sanctified, I am filled with the Holy Ghost, and I am on my way to heaven. Sometimes that's the only thing we can say because of what we're going through. But I've got to get up and say, I woke up this morning. I didn't wake up feeling great. I've got a head cold. My head feels the size of a balloon. You know, and I, I got sniffles and my voice is leaving right now. I don't feel that great, but praise God, I'm still alive. Amen? I woke up this morning. My family woke up with me. I woke up and I come to a beautiful church. I'm not going to let this sickness define who I am. Now, yes, I have a man cold, which you guys know is worse. <laughs> but I'm not going to let that sickness define who I am. I'm not going to let the things that I've been through, brothers and sisters, define who I am. Because I am a child of God. Come on now, who's ready to say that with me? I am a child of God. If you don't have a chance to read one of those devotional books in the back, you should get one. My wife and I have been reading this. Sister Sarah provides it. And the lesson a day was amazing. The man talked about how when his baby was born, and I remember my baby, babies being born. And I remember looking through the window at my baby, and he was talking about how he looked at the window of his child, and he felt such love for that child. If you have a child, you know what I'm talking about. You look through the window and you see that child and you go, man, I didn't think I could ever love anything as much as I love this child. Now, when they become teenagers, it wavers a little bit, right? No, I'm just kidding, it doesn't. But I remember looking at my son and my daughter when they were born. I remember when my son was being born, you know, they took the little picture of him in the womb. And I would go around showing people, I said, this is my son, they were German. They didn't understand what I was saying, and I didn't care. I was showing everybody, right? Strangers on the street, I was showing, this is my son right there. See, this is his head. This is, this is his nose. He has his mom's nose, right? I mean, it was just awesome. I loved it, man. And then the guy, as he finished the story, he says, do we not realize that God looks at us the same way? God looks at you and says, this is my child. This is my child. And his love and compassion for you are beyond our understanding. I remember my parents would look at me one day and they said, they said, the things that you're going through, you'll understand more one day when you have children of your own. 
And, and I didn't understand at that moment, but as I began to have children, I did understand what they were talking about. I understand the pain of when my child suffers. Do we not understand that when we suffer, when we go through trials, God suffers along with us? Did you know that? He is not some unpassionate God that doesn't cry with you when you go through something. No, he weeps with you, amen? He cries with you when you go through stuff. He is not to blame for those issues. He allows those things because the nature of this world, this is a sinful world, amen? But he also said, you may go through stuff, but I'm gonna be with you, amen? And we never understand what God has on the other side. See, God has healing for you. God has healing for you. Now, see, that should get us a little excited right there. Amen? But some of us have been holding on to this pain for so long, we forgot what healing looks like. We forgot that what it feels like to overcome. Amen? And I want to tell you right now, you've got to stop letting whatever happened to you define you. You are not to be bitter, but you're to be overcomers in God. Amen? That's what God wants for you. God is ready to set you free, amen? God is ready to deliver you. No, he's not going to go back and undo what was happening, but I promise you, that pain that you feel will no longer be there. That, that sorrow that you feel will no longer be there. But sometimes we feel guilt about that. Well, shouldn't I feel sorrow or pain? Shouldn't, shouldn't I feel that because of what happened? Let me tell you something. God's not going to take the memory of what happened away from you. That memory will always be there. But what he is going to do is he's going to heal your heart. Amen. You understand that Jesus is all about healing, right? You understand that Jesus is all about healing and restoration. He doesn't want you broken. And some of us are broken this morning, amen? We're broken and we're wondering why we can't get fixed because we've let those situations define us. People look at us and say, oh, that, that's, you know, this happened to them because of the way that we carry ourselves. Listen, we need to get back to the love that we have for Jesus and understand it's his desire for you to overcome. It's his desire for you to be more than. It's his desire for you to rise up and say, that doesn't define me. In saying that, I want to make sure we understand I am not, nor will I ever trivialize what you've been through. Some of you in this room have experienced pain on a level that I can't relate to. Some of that pain has been passed down through generations. But at some point, at some point, those curses, those things that have been passed down have got to break. We've, become, we've got to become a new day. It doesn't mean that we dishonor those behind us. We don't dishonor anybody. But we say from this point forward, this is how I'm going to be. Amen? I am a child of God. I am not encumbered or hindered by anything. I am risen above. I haven't forgotten what happened. But I have said this is not going to affect me any longer. Because you realize that when it affects you, it affects others around you. Did you know that? It no longer becomes about you anymore. It becomes with other people around you. I've said this before, but I noticed that if I come home in a bad mood, guess who else gets in a bad mood really quickly? 
Everybody in my household, even my dog, right? <laughs> everybody gets in a bad mood. My dog goes over and pouts, and everybody's like snapping at each other. And then I look at him and I say, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I, this is my time to be sad and frustrated, not yours. And it doesn't work that way, does it? But when I come home, when I come home and I touch the door and I say whatever I was dealing with before I came home, I now, I now lay here at the door. I now lay here at the door. As I walk in the door, I lay it there at the door not to pick it back up again. And when I come in to my family, I say, hey, family. You know what I hear back from them? Hey. <laughs> but I just love on them. And I, I tell a bunch of dad jokes, which they, which they immediately appreciate. And I just love on them, and I thank them, and I, and I, and I help out with the, with the cooking. And, and then I make my daughter do the dishes because I don't want to. And then I play with my dog, and we enjoy a nice evening together. You know what happens to my household when I come in and I'm in a good mood? All of a sudden, everybody else is in a good mood. Do you know that? What I do and how I act affects everybody around me. Brothers and sisters, we've got to stop living like we're defeated, amen? we got to start living a life that is full of grace and glory, amen? I want you to know, just like Ruth, there are people who are committed to stand by your side in this church. There are people committed to love you. I'm one of them. Look, I... Man, I wish I could go back and undo some things that's happened in the past. I really do. I wish, I wish I could fix it. I wish I could prevent it. But I can't, can I? I can't. I wished I could. Some of you have shared with me stories of what you've been through. And man, I just, I weep. But can I tell you, God can take that which was meant for evil. Listen to me now. God can take that which is meant for evil and turn it around for good. God can take those things that happen in your life and make you a shining star. God can take those things in your life and show others that, yeah, you tried to bring them down, but you couldn't do it. Amen? You couldn't succeed. You are a rising star. You are an overcomer. Amen? Don't we need a church of overcomers? Don't we need a church of overcomers? Don't we need a church of overcomers? Amen? Come on now. We need people of God who will rise up and say, yes, this happened to me, but it didn't kill me, number one. And number two, I still believe in God the Father. And then number three is, let me tell you how I overcame, amen? I forgive the person that hurt me. I forgive the group of people that hurt me. So whatever they say to me doesn't bother me anymore, amen? I live in victory. I walk with Jesus. I don't walk in the past. I don't walk in pain. I don't walk in sorrow, but I walk in the joy of the Holy Ghost. Listen, you really want to get back at the people that have hurt you? You show them it doesn't bother you. As long as it bothers you, they have 
control over your life. Did you know that? I'm going to say that again because I want you to hear me. If you show a group of people, if you show someone that you're still hurt with them, they control a part of your life. They control you, amen? I'm going to tell you right now, God does not want anybody to control you, okay? God doesn't want to... You know you can forgive somebody when you can pray for them, amen? You ever pray blessing on your enemy? You ever pray blessing on your enemy? No, what I mean is, Lord, I pray right now that you would strike them with thunder and lightning. <laughs> and that they're eat up with worms. That is not a blessing. God, let them die a slow and painful death. No. You know when we pray for our enemies and the people that have hurt us, you know what God does to us? God exalts us. Did you know that? I, I want to say this because I want you to hear me. What if we started praying for our enemies? Turn me up. I don't think they heard me. <laughs> what, if, what if we started... I was just kidding, Nick. <laughs> Nick's like, what, what? What if we started praying for our enemies? What if we started praying for the government? What if, what if we started praying for other races that hurt us? Blessing. I don't want them to be blessed. I want them to admit the things that they've done. Listen, that's something we can't control. Only God can do that, okay? Do, do I think there needs to be something fixed? Of course I do. But only God can do that, amen? I'm more concerned about us walking in forgiveness, amen? Because God is doing some things that we have no idea about. We have no idea how God is working. Did you know that? I love that song that we sing. He works even though we don't know that he's working. He's working on our behalf. Praise God. Praise God. He's working on our behalf right now, amen? He is working right now in your life even though we don't see it, but we need to pray for our enemies. It's hard praying for your enemies, though, huh? It's hard praying for those that have hurt you because you want, naturally, you want evil to happen to them. I mean, we're just being honest, right? We want them to suffer like we've suffered. Listen, that's not going to happen. We need to pray blessing on them and let God work it out. We need to let God work it out. And can I tell you how special you are that you suffer? Because God saw that you could not only take it, but you could overcome. Did you know that? God saw that you can overcome it. And one time I questioned God, God, why did I go through this? God, why did I go through that? He spoke to me in a real voice. He said, because I knew that you would overcome I knew that you could do it. I knew you could do it if you only trust in me. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you right now, it is the time to overcome. It is time that we are stopped, defined by the things that have happened to us and now define ourselves by our relationship with God. Amen? We need a relationship with Him. We need a relationship with Him. Praise God. Hallelujah. I feel Him this morning. Oh, man. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit on me more than I can't even describe to you 
but I also feel the enemy fighting against me right now because he doesn't want this message going out. He wants you to continue to walk in your self-pity. He continues to to walk in your sorrow and your pain. Brothers and sisters, I want to be real with you. And if you've never heard me say anything, hear me now. It is not God's will for you to walk in pain. Can I say that again? It is not God's will for you to walk in pain. That doesn't mean everything that is healed is healed overnight. It takes time sometimes, okay? But I want to tell you, it is God's will for you to be defined by beauty. He made beauty out of ashes, amen? He can restore you. Hallelujah. He can restore you this morning. You need to stop hanging your head, amen? The Bible says you are the lifter of my head. Praise God. We need to not lower our heads because of what's happened to us. Yes, it was terrible, but praise God, he's given you a new day, amen? He's given you a new name. I'm going to talk about that in a moment. He's given you a new day. He says you're still alive. I have a purpose for you. I have a purpose for you. You know God has a purpose for you, right? Did you know that? God has a purpose for you. You are alive because he has something for you to do, and it's not just simply survive. Man, we get into this survival mentality. I'm just going to make it one more day. I'm going to make it one more day. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of that mentality as a Christian. We need to say, I'm going to make it 10 more years, 20 more years. I'm going to make it till he comes back, amen? I'm going to bring people into the kingdom of God. And if we think that we've suffered too much, lest we think that Jesus also suffered on the cross, amen? His friends abandoned him. He was beat so much that his internal organs actually showed. He was beat so much and the swelling was so severe they couldn't even recognize who he was. And when trauma hits us, we don't even recognize who we are. But the healing came at the resurrection when life was, oh, hallelujah, praise God. I'm about to run off this stage right now. I want to tell you right now that the healing has come. Sorrow may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Listen, I barely got a voice, but we're going to talk about this this morning. Praise God. It is time to wake up from your sorrow, amen? It is time to wake up from your pain, amen? It is time to put on the joy. It is time to put on a smile and realize that God can give you healing like no other, amen? Praise God, praise God. I feel him in this place today. God is going to set somebody free from their pain today. God is going to set somebody free. See, we have things in our heart that we've hidden We don't want anybody to know about. Can I tell you who knows about it? It's God. But we blame God, right? God, if you were all powerful, this would have never happened to me. Can I I tell you that things happen to us because we live in a sinful world? That's hard for some people to understand. We live in a fallen world. And things, Jesus was the example. Did Jesus not suffer and die? But he demonstrated his power to us on the resurrection, that he was restored. He was raised from the dead. Some of you are walking around in numbness because of what's happened to you. It is time for the Holy Spirit, the Ruach, to breathe life into you. This, Oh, man, God, hallelujah. Man, nobody else is feeling this. I'm telling you, I'm about ready to come off this. I'm, I'm, 
Richard, watch out. I may be running back that way, okay? Listen, God is about ready to do something today. Restoration and healing, amen? You guys with me over here? Because you didn't clap. Okay, I just want to make sure you're still awake. All right? If you go to sleep in a Pentecostal church, you're doing something. All right? I want to tell you that God is in the healing business today. But what you got to do is you got to be willing to admit that you need healing, right? That requires a little bit of humility, doesn't it? It requires a little bit of humility. God, I need you. But we got that attitude of I'll, I'll fix it on my own. Can I ask you a question? How's that working for you? We can't fix things on our own, can we? It takes humbling ourselves and saying these words, Father, I need you. Spirit, I need you. Man, every day I need the Spirit of God in my life. When, when someone calls me and they start yelling at me about something I didn't even do, I can respond to them with words of I love you and not get upset or angry or bitter against them. I realize that a lot of my time in ministry, sometimes people are just upset about something. It's not me, even though they make it about me. It's not me. Man, if we could just love people like that and pray for them and understand that people just want to be loved, but we also have to understand that we have to deal with our own personal trauma, don't we? We have to deal with the things that have happened to us. That's uncomfortable, isn't it? That's uncomfortable to talk about. That's why... Many of you right now, and I can tell by the Spirit, many of you are feeling very uncomfortable with the subject matter today because you don't want to admit, first of all, that there's a problem, even though you and I both know that there is. You're trying to hide it because you don't want anybody to see it, but yet our face and our body language shows it all, doesn't it? Man, God is trying to reach out to us and says, if you'll just give me that pain, If you just give me that sorrow, you have no idea what I'm doing to work things out on your behalf. The person that hurt you may never come back and apologize to you. They may never do that, but guess what? It doesn't matter because Jesus can bring healing to you. Jesus can bring healing to you. Jesus can take care of you. He can love you. If this person or these people never do that, it doesn't matter. Do we want justice? Yes, we do. Don't misunderstand me. There needs to be justice. But in the absence of justice, our God can be a father to you. See, when my son had a battle at school and he was bullied when he was in middle school, there was only so much that I could do as a father. I, I, I couldn't go out and and, and hit other kids on his behalf, right? I'd go to jail, wouldn't I? But I had to love on my son and let him know that even though you're going through something, I'm right there with you. Man, God is there with you when you're going through trouble. He hurts alongside with you. And this amazing thing happened with Naomi. The Lord was already working on her behalf, and there was a man named Boaz. Boaz was rich. He was a landowner. And he told Ruth, her daughter-in-law, she said, I want, I want you to go down, and I want you to glean the field. And the story goes that 
Boaz immediately liked Ruth. He was attracted to her. And he made sure that she was fed. And to make a long story short, they realized that they were a kinsman redeemer. Now what this was in the Bible is when a man died, there was an assurance that somebody from the family would step up and marry the woman who was left a widow to make sure she was provided for, to make sure that she was taken care of. It was called a kinsman redeemer. And by doing that, it would allow the name of the person who was widowed to continue. Brothers and sisters, Boaz made sure Ruth and Naomi had a lineage. Boaz married Ruth, and they had children. Now let me, let me give you a little bit more to the story, okay? Ruth had a baby named Obed. Obed had a baby named Jesse. Jesse had a baby named David. We don't realize what God is doing on our behalf. But when we allow healing to come into our lives, not only does he bless us, not only does he bless us, but he restores, amen? David, as you know, became the king of Israel, the greatest king Israel ever known. And as you know, Jesus descended from David. Brothers and sisters, here was this Moabite woman of no account, not even of the lineage of Israel, but because of her faithfulness, God gave her something greater than anybody else. Naomi says, don't call me bitter anymore. God has restored. God has made it right. God has give me something and God gave her grandchildren something she never thought she would have. See, God restores. Amen? Hallelujah. I feel like I'm about to sneeze. So if I sneeze, just bear with me. Maybe stay back about 10 feet. See, when God does something for you, when God changes your name, it's always to something better. Abraham was not always known as Abraham. Some, he was originally known as Abram. Abram means exalted father. But Abraham means father of multitudes. See, that's greater. Jacob. You remember Jacob? His name meant supplanter, deceiver. But yet God gave him a new name to Israel, and that means God prevails. Brothers and sisters, did you know that when we get to heaven, God's going to give you a new name? Okay, you're not with me yet. In Pentecostal churches, we say amen, praise God, glory be. You say amen or oh me, whichever you prefer. If you don't say anything to me, that tells me I have to preach longer. Okay? All right. This is what he says, Revelations 3.12. He says, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Man, can I just stop there and say how awesome that is? God's going to make you a pillar. But you've got to overcome. You can't be lying in the dirt wounded. You've got to overcome. Okay. Do I need to get out my pom-poms again? Do I, need to, do I need to do my little dance? Yes? You want to see that, don't you? 
I'm going to buy me some pom-poms. All right? Oh, man. If I'm up here suffering with this cold, you guys are going to say amen. Thank you. Right? Because I'll keep preaching longer until you do. See, he's going to make you a temple, a pillar in the temple. Amen? You know what that means? You know what a pillar is? It's something that upholds. Oh, praise God. It's something that keeps the temple grounded. It's something that provides support. Temple is where the worship happens. Brothers and sisters, your testimony is what holds the temple together. Amen? There's a reward for what you've gone through. I'm not telling you what you've gone through will mean nothing. I will never tell you that. But one day, there's going to be a pillar up in heaven, and my name's going to be on it. Your name's going to be on it. Amen? Your name's going to be on it. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. It's going to say, I'm going to go to heaven. It's going to say Sarah. It's going to say Rachel. And I'm going to say, I know those guys. It's going to say Fred. It's going to say Randy and Robert. And I'm going to say, I know, brothers and sisters, you're overcoming. You're overcoming. You're overcoming. Make him a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go out no more. (laughs) I will write on You may have been identified of sorrow and pain, but he says, no, I'm going to give you a new name, and that name's going to be Joy. That name's going to be Overcomer, amen? That name's going to be this or that. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. See, not only are you going to be given a new name, but you're going to be identified with God in the city of his name. See, right now I say I'm an American, right? I'm an American. I have a driver's license that shows I'm an American. But when that day comes, I won't be known as an American. I'll be known as the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm gonna, they're going to say, hey, Keith, where do you live? Oh, you live in heaven with God. We're all going to look at each other. And so we're going to diff- be different countries right now. And we're going to say, where do you live? My residency is the house of God because that's where I live. Amen. I go out no more. He says, New Jerusalem, which comes out from heaven, from my God, and I will write on him my new name. <laughs> oh, praise God. Woo, man. God's going to give me a new name. I hope it's something cool, like, I don't know, skinny guy. It could happen. Or extremely handsome. No, that's not a new name. What do you want to be known by? What do you want in life? You're not going to get it down here in the dirt. You're not going to get it down here wallowing. Again, I'm not trivializing what you've been through. Don't think that. Please don't think that. But man, it's time to rise up. Are we not warrior people? Are we not warrior people? Are we not ready to rise up and beat the devil? Are we tired of the devil beating on us? Listen. Are we fighters? Are we, are we tired of the devil having his way in our homes and our families? Are we tired of the devil having a way in, in our lives? Then why do we let him? 
Is it some kind of trophy and say, look what I'm going through, and we're the worst? That's not a trophy. That's a weight. Come on now. If we are the warriors that we say that we are, if we're the warriors that we say that we are, then we look at the devil square in the eye and say, you got nothing on me. And if he tries to come back and say, well, remember, if he comes back and he says, well, remember this and this, and say, yeah, I remember that, but guess what? He doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it. He doesn't remember it. And the devil says, no, no, I saw you. You did that. Yes, I did do that. But he doesn't remember it. And God says, I don't know what you're talking about. Because he took whatever you did and he put it in the sea of forgetfulness. Praise God. Come on, guys. Listen, quit carrying around that baggage. Quit carrying around that pain. Quit carrying around that sorrow. Yes, I know you went through something. I do. I know. I get it. I, I understand. But it is time to rise up as warriors, bind up our wounds, put, put salve on our broken hearts, and say, I am a child of God. I am a child of... Hallelujah. Come on. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. When the devil comes at you and he begins saying, hey, what about this? What about that? You just remind him about his future. Come on now. Quit being bogged down by unnecessary weight. If we're warriors, we'll rise up against the devil and nothing will come against us. The Bible says the very gates of hell are ours if we want it. But we can't go to the gates of hell if we're too busy worried about our own problems. Come on. I'm going to say that again because everybody went quiet. We can't go to hell if we're worried about our own problems. And when I say go to hell, I don't mean living there. I mean rescuing people. Who do you know right now that needs rescuing from hell? How does that work from them when we go to them and say, hey, I want you to serve Jesus, but, you know, i got problems too and I can't overcome them. What kind of testimony is that? It said our testimony should be, yeah, I went through that. By God, that's right, Randy, my God delivered me. My God delivered me. You mean? You mean it doesn't bother you? Sure, it bothers me sometimes. There's things that have happened in my life that still to this day it comes up and it bothers me. But that's the enemy trying to worm his, back, his way back in. And when that happens, I stand up and I say, not today, Satan. You're not going to come back in my life. I am a warrior. I am a child of God. I will overcome. Say it with me. I will overcome. Say it. I will overcome. I will overcome. See, Jesus promises this in Revelation 21.4. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Whew. Oh, man. There's more here, but I, I just have to stay there for a second. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Whatever you're going through, brothers and sisters, it's only for the moment. It's only for the moment. Whatever you're going through, it's only for right now. It's only for right now. And you got to see that. 
you got to see that whatever you're going through, it's only for this moment right here. There's going to be another day. There's going to be another day. And it's time that we get up off the ground. We shake ourselves off, off and we look up to the Father and say, I will overcome by your grace, by your power, by your joy. I will overcome. Amen. See, there's nothing that can overtake you unless you let it. There is nothing that can defeat you unless you let it. And the devil's going to hit you exactly where he knows you, you're most vulnerable. But guess what, guys? The Holy Spirit can come on you and deliver you at that moment. It is time for the church to walk in victory. Now, I'm going to give you a little warning here. The more you walk in victory, the more the devil comes at you. Just so that you know. Do you know why he's coming after you? Because he doesn't want you to walk in victory. He wants you to walk in sorrow and pain and be defeated. The devil doesn't care whether or not you go to church. He just doesn't want you to act like you go to church. The devil doesn't care if you read your Bible. He just doesn't want you to act like and act out what it says. The devil doesn't care if you raise your hands. He just doesn't want you to feel it when you raise your hands. He wants you to be numb. And I just hit the biggest problem in the church is that too many in the church walk in here numb. It's time we get our feeling back. Come on. I'm going to keep going. Either that or I'm going to tell a dad joke. It's up to you. Everybody's like, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Shut them up. It is time we get our emotions back. Do you realize that serving God is emotional? Did you know that? I, I love that the churches came together on Wednesday night, but I was surprised at the lack of emotion that people had. All, I looked at you, those of you who are here from our church, you're back there raising your hands and shouting, and everybody else was. And we laughed. We laugh because we know what we got. We know what we got, right? They don't know, but we know. We need to act like it, though, don't we? We need to act like it, amen? Now, I want everybody to stand with me. God is ready to give you a new name today. God is ready to heal you. God is ready to deliver you. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to ask a difficult thing, and I'd like for my prayer team to go ahead and come on down, please. I need you to pray for me because I'm, I'm a little dizzy. I don't know if I'm drunk in the Holy Spirit or if I'm sick. Come on down. Come on out here in front. Come on. I want you to face these guys. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.